everyone, and welcome to Seven Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school. I've been a youth minister, and I have a master's in theology, but the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try and to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone I've known for a long time. He's another one of my former NET team members. He was a high school Spanish teacher, and he's currently a husband and a father. It's Drew Craven. Welcome, Drew. Thanks, Julia. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I um, actually got my second vaccination yesterday, and I'm feeling remarkably well. So I hope that that stays the case. <laughs> I hope that continues. Yeah, that, that that's good. I know most people have had like a weird reaction, but I've I've been so far so good. So how are you doing today? Um, you know, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm I'm at work right now taking my lunch break so this is a, a great way for me to to be in lent to be focusing on the scriptures and you know it's kind of a nice way to sneak a little bit of extra prayer ish time in so it's all good to me absolutely i think that that's remarkable that you're taking time off during work so i appreciate your time why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself all right well i am a cradle catholic from new jersey you know born and raised in the church i was the over-eager kid my whole life. I was always the one who like wanted to go to church and wanted to do youth group and then wanted to go do mission work and then came home and wanted to find community and wanted, you know, so uh, I, I had, what I'm finding is more and more of a unique perspective that I've never had a real crisis of faith. Um, and mm. I really feel um, incredibly fortunate for that. Um, and also really weak because, you know, the old saying, God doesn't give us more than we can handle. And evidently I couldn't handle that, um, which I'm okay with. <laughs> I don't need a crisis of faith, but you know, so I'm kind of one of the uh, people that has, I guess, a perspective from, I've been happy-go-lucky about my faith most of, most of my life. I mean, I've faced challenges and things like that, but me and God have pretty much always been good. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's definitely accurate. Um, having known you for a very long time, you've always been really rooted in your faith. And I know that not your life has not certainly been easy by any means. So I mean, but you've always been very grounded and very faithful. So I think that's, that's accurate to describe you. Um, so what I'm going to have you do next is I'm going to have you read the passage you've chosen for us. You've chosen Ephesians 5, 21 through 33. So whenever you're ready, you can go ahead and read it for us. All right. Be subordinate to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives should be subordinate to their husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of his wife, just as Christ is head of the church, he himself the savior of the body. As the church is subordinate to Christ, so wives should be subordinate to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and handed himself over for her, to sanctify her, cleansing her by the bath of water with the word, that he might present to himself in the church, that he might present to himself the church in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. So also husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one hates his own flesh, but rather nourishes and cherishes it, even as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak in reference to Christ and the church. In any case, each of you should love his wife as himself, 
and the wife should respect her husband. Okay, so full disclosure, Drew and I have had a little chat before, and this passage is challenging for me, so I will go ahead and say that, but you all know I love St. Paul, so I want to give a little background on Ephesians and where this comes in St. Paul's letters. So I've actually been to Ephesus in Turkey. It's an ancient community, and Paul went there to preach, and he actually ended up um, becoming imprisoned while there, too. And I got to walk through ancient Ephesus, which was one of my favorite experiences in my life. And I actually got to kind of see markings where the early this early Christian community Paul would have been speaking to, like would meet and gather. Like many of Paul's letters, Ephesians is trying to bridge some gaps between the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians. And Paul is trying to give them instructions in this letter, particularly there's the sec- this passage that you've picked is from a section called Daily Conduct. So this is certainly how... Um, He's submitting that wives and husbands should uh, conduct themselves, and we'll get into it, and we'll talk about it. Um, But that's a little bit about this passage in Ephesus and where Paul was. So, Drew, my first question for you is, why did you choose this passage? Um, Well, first of all, I mean, it's it's where I'm at in life right now. You know, I am, Mm -hmm. I've been married for uh, just over 11 years, 11 and a half years, and my wife and I have six beautiful children. So my whole world right now focuses on you know, being, mm-hmm. be, being a good husband, being a good father. Um, you know, when you talk about that, this is kind of the, uh, the reading that jumps out to everybody for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I, I've gotten a lot of personal, I guess, reflection out of it, you know, and, and it, it speaks to me a lot. Specifically, I, I guess not the part that gets the most attention is the part that, that um, <laughs> usually jumps out to me. Is it the part that comes after it that speaks more to you? Yeah, you know, I mean, I hear like, well, first of all, I hear, wow, I'm glad that I don't have to hear be subordinate to to my husband because I think that's <laughs> really, really challenging to hear. First of all, yeah. <laughs> well, let's, let's let's talk about it because I, I mean, that's one of the reasons, and I think you alluded to it. That's definitely the line that kind of stops everybody, and that's yeah. the line that I've. So, like before this podcast, I was kind of going online looking at commentaries and like trying to see you know, what the original Greek was for this, like, what do they mean by subordinate? Do they really mean like, a, in terms of like rank? And I've kind of found different conclusions, certainly the early church when this was written, you know, it was a different game, right? Like women were very much like underneath in terms of rank and authority, like there were no women in authority, right? So it kind of did in that time mean that, but in I found some more modern commentaries, and it's a little bit more like a mutual submission. So I don't know, what do you think about that? No, I, I think I think that makes perfect sense. And you know, even just as I was reading that, I had you know a different kind of thought that that popped up. You know, we were talking before we recorded about where to where to cut off. Mm-hmm. The la- those last two verses really just jump out at me. This is a great mystery by speaking reference to Christ and the Church. In any case, each one of you should love himself, love his wife as himself, and the wife should respect her husband. Um, you know, it jumps out to me that. Paul could kind of almost hear himself getting getting ahead of himself a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like, yeah, anyway, I mean, just love each other. It's kind of kind of what I'm getting to. You know, and, and I definitely think it's um, more of a of a mutual kind of thing. So my wife is um, well, has been a youth minister. She has her master's degree in theology. And part of the one of the big reflections I've had on this is um, in relationship to the the term azer that's used. I think it's a Hebrew term. I'm not familiar with it. Go ahead and explain it to us. So my understanding is um, it, it's a term that's used 
almost in every instance in the Bible to refer to God um, as your your helpmate or um, mm. your your partner, your companion on the journey, um, your your everything, your Samwise to Frodo, like the can't do this, not doing this without you kind of thing. Sorry, I was a big fan even before the movies. I had to get that in there. Um, <laughs> but um, I really like that term because it speaks to, you know, seeing it in that context really speaks to the dignity of women. You know, somebody can fact check me on this, but my understanding is that the only time that it's, that that term is used in the Bible that's not directly referring to God is when it's referring to the to uh, God giving life to Eve to be Adam's helpmate, to be Adam's as okay. heir. Just a huge point of reflection, right? Because if you take that, that's how I always take this scripture from uh, from Ephesians is in that context. You know, so if you're saying, hearing that your wife is supposed to be subordinate to you as a <laughs> husband, and this is the, and using the same term, that's basically like, okay, this isn't, like your wife to do what you want and please with this is your wife that is the ultimate gift from god mm. second mm. only to the gift of god himself mm. i like that interpretation of it i like that perspective of it i love how you're very humble in using in in approaching this too you know what i mean in that and I think you're right. I think this Paul directly references what you're saying from Genesis. So in the Hebrew, if that word is used in that particular passage about Eve, Paul is hearkening back to that. And Paul would have been really familiar. Obviously, he was an avid Jew. So I think you're probably I mean, you're right. I am not familiar with that Hebrew term, but I'm I totally trust your wife. I've never met her, but I'm sure that she is solid. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I love trust that her. you look at it. Yeah, I totally trust her. So did she teach you that about that term? Yeah. Yeah, she did when she was. Yeah. um when she was studying for her master's degree, she told me about that. And that's, that, that is a gift that has continued to give throughout our marriage. Just, you know, the understanding of that term and being able to talk about that. That's even one of the nice names that I have for my wife, Maya Zare. Yeah, that partnership and that, like, that, and it sounds like it's used also in that um, same relationship with God and that we are partners with you know, God, we're not equal, obviously, to God, but that we have a relationship that, um, you know, kind of not co-creators, but in a way, you know, we do get to create because of God um, and that partnership with him. So I like that. What else do you like about this, Drew? What else um, stands out to you from this passage? Well, the other thing is, I mean, I've always been a bit of a, of a word geek, so I don't know how it you know, how it really works in the translation from the, from, you know, from the Greek or the Latin. You know, another translation is um, wives be submissive. To your husbands, mm -hmm. um, and don't love that one either. But <laughs> but go on. <laughs> well, and the way I was reading, I mean, if if you look at the at the the language structure, submissive is sent under. Mm -hmm. So you know, I always you know read that as okay. So submissive, as in be sent under, be the support. But there's you know, there's no house without a foundation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that too. Like if you're looking at that way, that she's the foundation of of the household. I do like I like that. I can get behind that. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. No, that's okay. And even like you know, be again being a, a language geek, just loving words. Um, subordinate. I mean, you know, think about it in just the logical order of something. That means she would have to come first before I could be there. You have to have the foundation before you have the house. You know, and it's definitely true. I mean, I am. I mentioned before, I'm, I'm at work. Um, my wife is at home taking care of our family, taking care of our 
our, our house taking care of what's most important in life. You know, I can get another job. I'm never going to get another family. Um, so, you know, I think there's a lot of things in this relationship, you know, where there's maybe a misrepresentation in modern culture uh, or a misunderstanding mm-hmm. in modern culture that, um, you know, of, of what authority would mean even. I mean, mm-hmm. we, you know, we look at the, at the saints, every saint who's, who's had authority, um, the ones, the ones who are saints, because there's plenty of, you know, popes who, who aren't. Um, and other authority figures who definitely were not holy people uh, in the mm-hmm. history of the church, those who were, um, you know, lo- loved Christ, and, you know, as Christ loved the church, you know, and they put themselves um, second and put themselves through a lot to support the church. And my read on this, um, another part that really jumps out to me, and again, it's not in this translation. There are some that talk about, you know, Christ loved the church so much that he handed himself over for us even to the point of death on a cross um Mm -hmm. and for me that that speaks that that speaks volumes for me um because that means that i should be my reflection as a husband is that means that before any harm should come to my wife or and whether that's you know a physical or emotional or spiritual I, I've got to be willing to put myself out there and to go to the cross, you know, if that means going to counseling, because I need, you know, because I, I need mm-hmm. problem, I have problems with, you know, substance abuse or with anger or with other things. And I hate the idea of it. Going to the cross can mean something like that. And I, I think there's so many practical ways um, as men that that we really need to seek out the, the cross. And when we do that, um, I've never met somebody who said, you know, I was really, really, and was truly trying to do um, what they needed to, um, to take care of their family, to take care of their wife, to take care of themselves, um, and heard, and my wife didn't support me. If my, if the wife wasn't supportive, it was usually, every time I've ever heard anything, it was because the, the, the husband, the man was doing what he needed to, he mm-hmm. wasn't giving of himself entirely. Mm-hmm. I think you're, you, you've said so many good things here, and this is really helping me take a turn, I think, with this passage. So I appreciate you sharing all that. I think the words and the way that they're used in the way, and even at St. Paul, like you pointed out that kind of disclaimer at the end with verse 32, like, this is a great mystery, he says, but I speak yeah. in reference to Christ in the church. And I think that's the key. And I think we do get caught up in the words. And I know I myself do too. Like, what do we mean by submissive? What do we be, mean by subordinate? And I do think it's interesting that, you know, the wives get that subordinate submissive uh, verb, but the husbands get love, like their call and their verb is to love. So you kind of spoke to that just now. And, and in the Greek, there are so many different words for love, types of love. We just have one word, love. We use the same word, love for tacos as we do, you know, <laughs> wives and husbands, which is not, not the same kind of relationship. So um, agape, I'm guessing, is the type of love. Again, I don't have like the translation in front of me, but I'm guessing it's, a, it's agape. That's probably the, the verb or the Greek word that's used here. Would you say? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that that makes sense. I have limited knowledge of the different uh, titles for love, but yeah. agape is a love of Christ for the love of Christ right. for the church, right? Yeah, and that's what I can assume here because you like you described that selfless giving, like that's agape, is like that kind of like self-sacrificial love. And you're right, like that's what I interpret Paul to be saying that that the husbands have to do. Um, and then he kind of sums it up at the end. So in any case, each one of you should love his wife, and I'm guessing again agape, his wife. And the wife should respect her husband, which is just interesting to me that like, it's not the exact same. I don't know. What do you make of that? 
that like the husbands have the sac- self-sacrificial love and then the women's have like the respect. You kind of already spoke to like the support part, which I think I like. Anything else you'd like to say well, about I mean, that last line? I mean, I, I think that I think that there's an inherently different calling on on men and women. It, it, that's just you know hearkening to John Paul's second, you know, in the theology of the body that certain things are um, are written into our body. Um, I know theology of the body talks about that very much in terms of um, you know direction that we're not going <laughs> in this. Right, discussion. right, yeah. I get I get uh, a little bit nervous with like gender and roles and things like that, but certainly I understand that within the Catholic Church and like what the sacrament of marriage in the Catholic Church means. Like I totally get that, but like that, you're right. right. Like I think you're speaking to of like the man is more like the this the giver and the woman is the receptor. Kind of is that where you were kind of going with that? Yeah, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. And you know, we're I mean, important to note that. Um, both man and woman are made in the image and likeness of God. None, right. more, neither one closer. Um, you know, and it, it even references that in um, verse 31, um, the two shall become one flesh. Um, mm-hmm. There is no, so, you know, in, in marriage, th- there there is no division anymore, mm-hmm. you know, so you could almost take this as a reflection on how, just simply how we're supposed to love Christ. Um, yeah. And yet you were talking before about the, the different kinds of love. I think that's um, going back to what I was saying about the, you know, some of the inherent differences. I, I think as, as men, we're really simple creatures in general. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just think that to be true. I don't think that to be a you know, downplaying or things like that. We're just, it's just simple. Um, it mm-hmm. all the good and not so good connotations <laughs> of it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the, gifts uh you know at least for my life is um you know having a having karen and my kids at home on a day-to-day basis i don't have to question what to do you know to follow christ and to be an example for my family i get up i take care of physical needs i you know try and make you know make breakfast and things like that and help kids get dressed and then i come to work and i you know have, have my hand to the plow so to speak and then I come home, you know, help with dinner, clean up, wash, rinse, repeat. Um, it's it's very easy and straightforward, um, mm-hmm. and that's good because I need easy and straightforward. You know, God makes the calling the call very simple. This is definitely true in in my marriage. Um, my wife is definitely the one who's given the gift of um, vision um, in terms of just seeing how how everything comes together. She's both naturally gifted at it and um, to give her full credit, works harder through all of that than I've ever seen anybody work in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I think that it's all, all of that, all the way that we act is a response to God loving us first. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that this is, you know, more of a roadmap. I think it's more of a calling to how we should act as husbands and wives in our relationship with Christ Mm -hmm. um, in this station in life than necessarily how we should act um, in relationship to our husband or to our wife. I think that's really, really well said. I think I I would totally agree with that. Um, And I I agree, like, in terms of like the, you know, I I hesitate with gender roles, just because I think they vary from culture to culture, you know, what American gender roles are, are different than maybe in Africa. So I I just, I think I get, you know, I don't want to get hung up on that. But I do think it's true that 
like you said, men, very simple, straightforward for the most part. And I don't want to stereotype, but women are complex. You know, we are. And, and the, I love the way that you described um, your wife and how she's able to navigate um, your home and the world and plans. You know, I think we women as women, we're very good at like long term and like foresight and um, planning, you know, kind of that stuff. Um, so I think there is something true to that, that fundamental, those fundamental gifts that we have. Um, so I don't want to downplay that either. I think you're you're right to say that. I guess my question next for you is, I think you're totally right. This is clear roadmap for how couples can navigate their relationship with Christ and the church and one another. As a single person, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot. What do you think that I can get from something like this, even if I don't feel necessarily called to marriage, maybe? What do you think? Well, I think it's a reflection on ourselves in terms of in terms of any of our relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when we're called to religious life, religious life, we're called to perfect, you know, to that mm-hmm. vocation of of primary and deep relationship with Christ. I mean, we're always called to that, but you know, especially mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, whether you, your religious life is you know sister or priest, either way. Um, same, obviously, in married life. Um, much easier for me because the person I have to love is sitting there in front of me. Um, mm-hmm. As a single person, I still think it, it talks to how, again, instead of, you know, how we relate to other people, how how we're called to relate to Christ. And it's clear that Paul is like he's specific. You know, he specifically. I kind of threw you a tough question because it's it's supposed to leave the duty of them. But I think I can get something from this. I think for me to think about how am I self-sacrificial in my relationships, you know, like I think that how I can, I serve others more, support others more. I think it's still applicable, you know? Yeah. I I think that, I think that's the key, right? It's, um, you know, in in our own self-reflection and in our time with the Lord, you know, he can tell, he he can call us. And, you know, we were talking before about um, the gifts that, you know, women and men in our Mm -hmm. time and culture um, Mm -hmm. tend to have. So, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when we tithe, we talk about time, talent, and treasure. Um, so time and talent are, are right there. And what you're talking about and what you can give as a single person, you know, how are we called to give? We may want to give in one way, but oftentimes, you know, especially reflecting on the lives of the saints, how many times do you have um, a saint who wanted to, you know, physically go and build a church brick by brick, but that's not right. what God meant. <laughs> he said, no, you're supposed to do it another way. I mean, this is St. Paul. Right. He literally mm-hmm. had to knock him off a horse. Yeah. You know, to say, no, mm-hmm. um, you're a very simple creature as a man and you still can't get the right <laughs> direction. It's the other direction that you're supposed to be going. But I, I think it, it can give us that reflection. And I think in regards to what you're saying about gender roles and things like that, you know, I'm stuck in the time and culture that, I, that I'm in right now, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the 21st century in, in America. Um, the scripture is much larger mm-hmm. and much more accommodating than um, I will ever be able to fathom. But I do mm-hmm. think that it can it can speak to to all times and to all cultures. Of course, obviously differently because there's different challenges and different different roles that do happen across time and across culture. Um, but nonetheless, if we focus on it in terms of our relationship to Christ, I think it can you know it, it can constantly be. Uh, It'd be food for us, food for prayer, food for reflection. I think that's really well said. Um, and I, I think that's what we're seeking to do here is looking how it maybe was presented back then and helpful for them back then. And then how, you know, that it can maybe apply to us regardless of, of time and culture. I think you're absolutely right. Is there anything else you'd like to, to say about this passage? Anything else that stands out to you? 
uh, I, I have to and want to give um, all the credit in the world that I possibly can um, to my loving wife because, you know, I, I chose this passage because, you know, being married um, and this being the kind of quintessential passage about marriage or one of them, at least my wife is, um, she is my Azair, my helpmate, my, um, my companion on the journey. Um, and I, I just want to, I guess, point back to all of this being, you know, because of relationship with Christ who loves us first, um, and we get to respond to that, you know, and I'm thankful to be in a relationship with, with Christ and with my wife where he makes it very easy for me to experience his true and lasting love. That's really, that's really beautiful, Drew. Um, I think it's important, you know, part of the other part of this podcast is like to kind of apply it to our world today. And certainly, you know, we don't have enough time like to say how, like how, you know, how like this is probably not lived very well in our world today. Um, but what maybe could be like one takeaway for people to try to apply that today? What would you say if we could just say like one thing that maybe we could try for in applying this passage today? This is a challenging scripture, right? We said that from, right. from the very beginning, um, right. I think for, for everybody. Um, so usually when something challenges us, um, I find, at least in my life, that's something that is highly worthwhile to talk to God about. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and this whole podcast uh, is, is about you know, talking about how our, about scripture, about our relationship, which is you know, our, our relationship with God, um, or at least an analogy for it. Um, mm -hmm. So I would say to take what challenges you and bring it to prayer with Christ and let him show us how he is calling us to respond because it's never us having, I think, knowing that's never us having to initiate, but always a response to um, how he's calling us um, and how he's challenging us to grow. Um, it's always out of love because he always wants us to, to grow, to change, um, to come to him so that eventually we can, we can be with him forever in heaven. So I would say take the, uh, the challenge to, to Christ and let him, you know, let him tell you what he's going to tell you, whether you're mad at him, upset at him, <laughs> confused by him, all three all at once, go for it. I think that's really well said. I know certainly, and I, I, at first I wasn't sure if I wanted to talk about this, but then I, I did look at this as like, why does this bother me so much? Obviously I need to look at this and kind of go deeper into it. And that is the purpose of this. So I want to thank you for challenging me and I will continue to sit with this passage. I used to just kind of flip right by it or ignore it. And I, um, I'm hoping that I can kind of apply it to my life and, and discern it and see how we can maybe explore it more today. So thank you for, for bringing this to us and, sharing it and, and you and your wife again I've never met your wife but I know you and I just I'm sure that you all live this just knowing what I do about your lives like how you live this very self-sacrificially like Christ so thank you so much Drew for doing this yeah absolutely it's been an absolute pleasure Julia at the end I give people an opportunity to plug stuff is there anything that you'd like to promote or like draw us to like a website or no I don't have anything <laughs> I you know I, I live the uh, very the very boring life so I'd say uh no, I, I've got nothing to plug, nothing to point towards. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I, I think you gave us so much to, to think about and consider. So thanks again for being here. For those of you who want to follow me on Instagram, my Instagram is at 7 Mile Chats. I also have a Twitter to talk about teacher stuff. You can find me at Mistruckley1, M-S-S-T-R-U-K-E-L-Y-1. And uh, I look forward to talking to you about scripture. Ask me any questions you might have. And thanks again so much, Drew, for being here. Thanks, Julia. Thank you.